0: Nama, Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale, Shimati Bhaktivedanta Swami Niti Namane, Namaste Sarasati Dei Vekora Vari Pacharane, Divi Shesha Satarani, Chachade Satarane, Om Timurandasya Ganantana Shilakaya Chaksuru Miritum Jainam Tazmai Sri Gurave Namaha, Vanchakalpa Thrubyas Chakripa Sindhu Bhiva Chapatitranam Bhavanaybhiyo Vaishnavaybhiyo Namaha, Ramaya, Ramabhadraya, Ramachandraya, Nirishay, Raghunataya, Nataya, Sitaya Pataye, Namaha. So, this is. We've um, got two big books here, so. Um, we'll start with Hanuman in Jambudweep. Um, many of you may know. That according to the uh, Bhagavatam, uh, what we know as the Earth planet is part of the island called Jambudweep, which has nine regions or varshas. Uh, this is not apparent to most people nowadays, but uh, anyway, that's the description. And so on these different varshas, and each one of them, there's an exemplary devotee of the Lord offering leading the inhabitants of that region uh, in prayers to a particular deity of Krishna. It's a very nice tour. I once made a made a chart up the Jambudweep as it described in the different ones here. So on what's called the southern side of Jambudweep, the very bottom is our place, Bharat Varsha, which a Prabhupada says at one time must be India and Europe together, India, Eurasia and India, Europe all together in one continent. But anyway, what it actually is, we have to see. Uh, Prabhupada once t- said that uh, they didn't go to the moon, but according to this, we haven't even been to the earth. <laughs> And if you say you can't see the things that uh, they show in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada was uh, confronted with that once while he was uh, saying something that uh, modern scientists would disagree with. And one devotee says, taking the role of a scientist, "But Prabhupada, we haven't seen. And Prabhupada said, what have you seen? The inside of your mother's womb. (laughs) (laughs) That is not much. (laughs) So, So anyway... Uh, we are in Bharat Varsha where, by the way, Narada Muni leads all the inhabitants leads the inhabitants there in the worship of Narayan, so the Varsha just north of us uh, where the Himalayas are the border is called Kim Purusha Varsha the people there are called Kim Purushas which means literally Kim is what? and Purusha means person. What kind of a person is this? Or <laughs> well, what kind of a man is this? Uh, and there the leader of the Kim Purushas, Hanuma, leads the inhabitants in the prayers to Lord Ramchandra. I think the Kim Purushas are maybe like in the Himalayan reasons they've seen these things they call the abominable snowmen or something like that, <laughs> something like, like a man, like a monkey or something. Anyway, so so that, that's the description there of uh, what, what Hanuman is, is doing. And uh, so this is chapter 19 from Canto 5. Prabhupada says in the beginning, uh, this chapter describes the glories of Vartvarsha, that's the second part. And it also describes how Lord Ramchandra is being worshipped in the tract of land known as Kimpurusha Varsha. The inhabitants of Kimpurusha Varsha are fortunate because they worship Lord Ramchandra with his faithful servant Hanuman. So It's important that we want to focus a little bit on Hanuman, because in that group we see up there, Hanuman is our representative. He's the, everyone is an exemplary person, the exemplary king, the exemplary husband, the exemplary wife, the exemplary brother, and then Hanuman, the exemplary servant, the exemplary devotee. Exemplary means they set an example for all of us to follow. So he's our representative up there, uh, and uh, so that's our position. And of course Hanuman is very famous. Uh, and, and well-liked, uh, I, I, I saw uh, a while ago in Trinidad, the Indian community there made a 80 foot high outdoor statue of Hanuman, and then uh, for the Abhishek, the, the ritual bath uh, for Hanuman, they used a helicopter to pour <laughs> down <laughs> huge amounts of water over him. Uh, I saw a picture of that, and also I saw from India a Hanuman action figure, <laughs> and there's Hanuman cartoons, and you know, so he's, uh, everybody likes him. Uh, but the real thing is, is, and he's very strong, it's true, uh, once I visited the uh, Jagannath Balava Gardens in uh, Jagannath Puri, uh, where Lord Chaitanya would sometimes stay, and in there there's a temple of Hanuman. And I went to see it, and uh, we worship worshipped by a bunch of brahmacharis, all who have like huge shoulders and big biceps, and they worship him for physical strength. They're, they're brahmacharis, they're the pujaris that take care of things, but they're also out in front, there lifting weights and uh, all this stuff. <laughs> but we worship him for his devotional to, to Lord Brahm. Uh, uh, Lord Ramachandra exemplifies an incarnation of Godhead who descends for the mission of Paritanaya sadunam Vinashaya Chaduskritam, protecting the devotees and destroying the miscreants. Lord Ramachandra exhibits the actual purpose of an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the devotees take the opportunity to offer transcendental loving service unto Him. One should surrender fully to the Lord, forgetting one's so-called material happiness, happiness, opulence and education, which are not all that useful for pleasing the Lord. The Lord is pleased only by the process of surrender to Him. is said in the introduction of the chapter. So it begins like this. Srila Shukadev Goswami said, My dear King, and Kim Purusha Varsha, the great devotee Hanuman, is always engaged with the inhabitants of that land in devotional service to Lord Ramchandra, the elder brother of Lakshman and dear husband of Sita Devi. A host of Gandharvas is always engaged in chanting the glories of Lord Ramchandra. The chanting is always extremely auspicious. Hanumanji and Arshtasena, who is a mentioned otherwise, there's a great sage in, uh, elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, the chief person in Kim Purusha Varsha constantly hear those glories with complete attention. Hanuman chants the following mantras. Now, each of the, each of the, in each of the Varshas, uh, there's a prayer being offered by the main person. And the first prayer is called an Upanishadic prayer. It's in prose, not in meter. And they all do that, an Upanishadic prayer, beginning with Om, and, and, uh, and then it's followed by other prayers in verse. So the main one is actually the Upanishadic prayer. So I'm gonna read that, I'll read the Sanskrit for that one and then the translation. The others I'll just read the translation. So it begins, like goes like this. Om Namo Bhagavate Uttama Shlokaya Namo Arya Lakshana Shilavrataya Nama Upashi Upasita Lokaya Namo Sadhu Vada Nikanshanaya Namo Brahmanya Devaya Mahapurushaya Maharajaya Nama. Iti Iti is the quotation mark at the end. That's how it, they say it. That's the prayer. And so here's Hanuman, who describes himself a wild animal of the forest, beginning Om Namo Bhagavate Uttamashlokaya. Uh, so, so here's Prabhupada's translation Let me please your lordship by chanting the Bija mantra Umkara. It's usually you have to be a Brahmana to chant that mantra. So here here's a. You'll see what he says. I wish to offer my respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead, who is the best among the most highly elevated personalities. Your lordship is the reservoir of all the good quality of the Aryans, people who are advanced. Your character and behavior are always consistent, and you always control your senses and your mind acting just like an ordinary human being. That's why he's also exemplary for us. You exhibit exemplary character to teach others how to behave. There is a touchstone that can be used to examine the quality of gold, but you are like a touchstone that can verify all good qualities. Well, another way to, to chant that is every uh, to, to translate that every good quality is found in you, and in you they find its highest expression. This is another way to read that. You are worshipped by Brahmanas, who are the foremost of all devotees. You, the Supreme Person, are the King of Kings, and therefore I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. So now I'll just read the translation to the other verse verses. The Lord, whose pure form, Satyid Ananda Vigraha, is uncontaminated by the modes of material nature, can be perceived by pure consciousness. So that's one thing. People are complaining, I can't see God. How can I see God? Show me God. You he can perceive only by pure consciousness. If the consciousness is contaminated, you won't see him. And then you say, He doesn't exist but you're describing your own blindness. In the Vedanta, he is described as being one without a second. Because of his spiritual potency, he is untouched by the contamination of material nature, and because he is not subjected to material vision, he is known as transcendental. He has no material activities. Nor has he a material form or name. Only in pure consciousness, Krishna consciousness, can one perceive the transcendental form of the Lord. Let us be firmly fixed at the lotus feet of Lord Ramchandra and let us offer our respectful obeisances unto those transcendental lotus feet. Then he continues It was ordained by that Ravana the chief of the Rakshasas, could not be killed by anyone but a man. Well, there's a story behind that. So who could kill him? He was protected by so many things, but only a human being could kill him. And for this reason, Lord Ramchandra, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, appeared in the form of a human being. Lord Ramchandra's mission, however, was not only to kill Ravana but to teach mortal beings that material happiness surrounded around sex life or centered around one's wife or we could just say spouse uh, is the cause of many miseries because it works both ways. He is the self-sufficient supreme personality of Godhead and nothing is lamentable for Him. Therefore, why else could he be subjected to tribulations by the kidnapping of Mother Sita? So there's several le- levels of this story, but his, his wife was kidnapped, uh, Sita was kidnapped uh, by Ravana, and then he was plunged into grief. So as an ordinary person, he's acting like this, somebody who's completely grief-stricken, and, and, and the scenes in the Ramayana where he's, crying about the absence of Sita, a really heartbreaking. Uh, and so that's the trouble. If you we get attached in the material world, then this other side of that attachment is suffering. Uh, but then he undertook so many efforts to get, get her back. And so Prabhupada says in his purport here, Uh, Another aspect of the Lord's instructions that one who accepts a wife must be a faithful husband and give her full protection. So that's the other side. Uh, Once you've done that, you have obligations uh, uh, according to Vedic principles. And there's another thing, not not mentioned here, but uh, another part of this, is when Sita and Ram are separated, They are both experiencing viraha bhava, love in separation. The devotee and also Hanuman undergoes it, as we'll see. Very severe sense of feelings of separation, and the intensity of love is so great that they associate with the Lord through strong feelings of separation, and so it's another way of associating with the Lord. So separation. If you are, you have your children. You love your child very much, but when you're separated, that love increases because of the inseparation, because of the separation. And so there, sometimes we see these things as a kind of ecstasy, which looks like suffering, but is actually a very high form of bliss. So this is also part of the separation between between uh, Sita and, and Ramchandra when. Uh, She was apparently kidnapped. I say apparently. Well, we'll talk about this on uh, uh, what really happened. The deeper meaning of the Ramayana. Anyway, it goes on here. Since Lord Ramchandra is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he's not attached to anything in this material world. He is the most beloved Supersoul of all self-realized souls. And he is their most intimate Friend, He is full of all opulences, therefore he could not possibly have suffered because of separation from his wife, nor could he have given up his wife and Lakshman, his younger brother. To give up either would have been absolutely impossible. So this is the other side of it. It says here, Prabhupada says, since the Lord is always spiritually qualified, he is attached to servants who always render transcendental loving service to him. He is attached to the truth in life, not to brahminical qualities. Indeed, he is never attached to any material qualities. Although he is the super soul of all living entities, he is specifically manifest to those who are self-realized and he is especially dear to the hearts of his transcendental devotees. Because, because Lord Ramchandra descended to teach human society how dutiful a king should be, he apparently gave up the company of Mother Sita and Lakshman. Factually, however, he could not have given them up. So we'll learn about that more on Ramnomi Day. But Tuesday, right? One should therefore learn about the activities of Lord Ramchandra from a self-realized soul. Then one can understand the transcendental activities of the Lord. It goes on in the prayers. One cannot establish a friendship with the Supreme Lord Ramchandra on the basis of material qualities such as one's birth in in an aristocratic family, one's personal beauty, one's eloquence, one's sharp intelligence, and one's superior race or nation. None of these qualifications is actually a prerequisite for friendship with Lord Sri Ramachandra. Otherwise, how it is possible that, although we uncivilized inhabitants of the forests, the maras, the monkeys, the Thichonaman, Otherwise, how it is possible that although we uncivilized inhabitants of the forest have not taken noble births, although we have no physical beauty, and although we cannot speak like gentlemen, Lord Ramachandra has nevertheless accepted us as a friend. So this is his, uh, uh, also the humility of a devotee even though they are very great, they are great because they think of themselves as very small. And so here Hanuman is speaking, who leapt over mountain, leapt over uh, oceans and carried mountains in his hand and so many a superhuman things. This is how he thinks of himself. And then he concludes, therefore, whether one is a demigod or a demon, a man or a creature, other than a man, such as a bird or a beast. Everyone should worship Lord Ramachandra for the Supreme Personality of God. so not just the humans who appear on this earth just like a human being. There is no need of austerities or penances to worship the Lord for he accepts even a small service offered by his devotee. Thus he is satisfied, and as soon as he is satisfied, the devotee is successful. Because actually Sita, she's the goddess of fortune, known in, uh, in, in other circles as Lady Luck. <laughs> uh, and so if, if uh, she comes and stays with you for a little while, you're Everything comes. And so if Ramachandra is there, she's there. If she's by herself, she wanders off, unfortunately, anytime. time. Indeed, Lord Sri Ramachandra brought all the devotees of a yoja back home, back to Godhead by kumta. So that's the biggest success. So those are the prayers of Hanuman. Now, there's more to be said about Hanuman in... Um, in Kimpu Shavarsha. And we find that here in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. I don't know, if, this is a book by Srila Sanatan Goswami that's been translated by Gopi Paranadana, published by the BBT. And uh, in this book, which is written by Sanatana Goswami, uh, and Sanatana Goswami has also given his own commentary to this Brihat Bhagavatamrita, and in the first book, he tells how Narada Muni is traveling through various places in the universe, seeking out very deep and sincere devotees of, of the Lord. And he's guided, and he goes to one great devotee, and that devotee shows wonderful good qualities and says, But I'm not actually a devotee, this person is. And he goes to the next. And then to the next, and then to the next, and then so that's the that's the narration of this part of the book, seeking out great devotees uh, of the Lord. So, in the one part of this book, he uh, is uh, he's he's found uh, with. Uh, we will we'll pick him up where he is with Pralat. He's in Sutala, down in the lower planets, where Pralat is staying, and admiring, hearing a wonderful quality, seeing the wonderful quality of Pralat. Uh, and Pralat says, "No, I'm not a devotee of all at all." He says, uh, I, "I really don't think I, you can." There's a uh, other better devotees to me and then he says here he says he says oh Narada your heart overflows with causeless compassion why should I go on describing all my misfortunes which simply make you unhappy because he's feeling separation from this so he feels unfortunate instead please consider the Lord's mercy on Hanuman of the Kim Purushas uh, because Narada is intent on finding the true recipient of the Supreme Lord's mercy. That's what he's looking for. So he says, he's got more mercy than I do, he says. And he says, tells him that, yeah, I saw the Lord. He appeared to kill my father, Hiranyakashipu, but as soon as he did, he disappeared. So I haven't been able to be seen him directly since then. Uh, I saw him once more, he says, but Hanuman is much more fortunate. For many thousands of years he has enjoyed serving the Lord constantly without obstruction. So the story is here uh, this is and this is Gopi Pranadana uh, giving us the commentary by Sanatan Goswami. It says that according to Sri Ramayana, Hanuman stayed with Lord Ramachandra on earth, on this earth for more than 11,000 years. Srimad Bhagavatam, however, says that he served his Lord directly for more than 13,000 years. In the ninth canto, Bhagavatam states, "...after Mother Sita entered the earth, Lord Ramachandra observed complete celibacy and performed an uninterrupted Agnihotra Yatra for 13,000 years." Without transgressing the religious principles this was in the previous yuga, you know. So, treat the yuga so the longer times were, their longer lifespans were there. Without transgressing the religious principles, Lord Ramachandra, whose lotus feet are worshipped by devotees in meditation, enjoyed all, with all the paraphernalia of transcendental pleasure for as long as needed. And then Sanatan Goswami says, Hanuman remained with Lord Ramchandra all this time. So he had so he's saying he had so much more association with Lord Ramchandra than I did with Lord Sringade. And then he's describing Hanuman. He is the most powerful person. When he was just a child, the demigods favored him with several wonderful benedictions. Thus he became immune to old age and death. He is free from all fear. He maintains great vows, and he performs auspicious deeds. Outstanding among heroes, he is an exceptional servant to the Lord of the Raghunaths. While playfully disregarding, with playful disregard, he jumped across thousands of miles of fathomless oceans. Expertly in the capital, in the capital of the Rakshasha king, he comforted Mother Sita in her distress. He boldly threatened his enemies, burned Lanka, and destroyed its citadels. When he brought back news of Sita, he received his master's deep embrace. It was Hanuman who acted as the Lord's best carrier; his tail serving as a royal white umbrella. Only kings had white umbrellas in those days, you know. So his white tail Um, umbrella, his broad back a comfortable seat for the Lord and it was Hanuman who directed the project of bridging the ocean. So he's a great engineer also. And a better seat. And he says in the commentary that Hanuman is the best of the Lord's carriers including Garuda. Just so you know. He fulfilled the desires of Ibishana. He destroyed the military forces of the Rakshasas and he has the special power to deliver the healing herb called Vishalya Karani. That was the one that healed uh, Lakshman. He was the very life of his soldiers, always giving great pleasure to his divine Lord and the Lord's younger brother Lakshman. He devotedly served as a carrier for them both. Supremely intelligent and valorous, he brought victory to Lord Ramachandra. He added to the spotless fame of his Lord, who killed the king of the Rakshasas. It was Hanuman who encouraged Mother Sita and the Lord's, and by the Lord's order, this Hanuman, the one true recipient of his master's favor, still lives in this world, though unable to bear separation from the Lord. So now he's still there. Uh, and there, there's the commentary it says since Hanuman's life with Lord Ramachandra after the victory was so fortunate one might ask how Hanuman could ever have left the Lord's association why did he not return with Lord Rama to the eternal Ayodhya in Vaikuntha along with the other residents of the kingdom the answer is that his Lord specifically asked him to stay behind on earth at- Atmeshwara, which is a name here given, uh, the lord of his life, but here he says, Atmeshwara means his own lord and it also means the lord of all atlas. In other words, by staying in this world, Hanuman gave all the inhabitants a much better chance to take the path of pure devotional service. Lord Ramachandra ordered Hanuman to make this severe sacrifice because the Lord wanted to bestow such mercy on the conditioned souls. Living in separation from the Lord is Hanuman's most difficult and glorious service. So he stayed with him for a long time. But then, after the Lord left, he stayed behind. And so therefore, now they're going to go see him. He keeps himself alive by constantly hearing the glories of Lord Ram. Staying by the side of the Lord's deity, he is present even today in the same splendor as always. Uh, so the, the uh, commentary: the pain of separation from Lord Ramchandra would be unbearable for Hanuman, but he has survived by staying always absorbed in the ecstasy of Shravana Kirtana, hearing and chanting. Expert singers. Among the Kim Purushas, like Aristena, so that we just heard about him in the Bhagavatam, support Hanuman by providing sweet recitation of Lord Ramachandra's glory for him to hear. Hanuman stays in Kim Purusha Loka, near the permanently installed deity of Lord Ramachandra. He regularly worships that deity in various ways, offering the same personal service he used to perform when together with the Lord and now he quotes the first two verses that we read in the uh, 19th chapter of the 5th canto my dear spiritual master, Prahlad says Hanuman's great memory because uh, because Narada was the one that instructed Prahlad in the beginning when he was still in the womb of his mother so he calls him my dear spiritual master Hanuman's Greatness is well known from scriptural statements like the chief of the monkeys became perfect by acting as the Lord's servant. His service, his servitude is proof of the Lord's mercy. Uh, so Prabhupada this, quotes this phrase, kapi patir dashye, from a famous verse, and he, qu- he quotes the verse here, we don't have time to read all that, but uh, Sanatan Goswami says that the servitorship dasham offering the Lord the fruit of one's work is usually the, 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 the uh, meaning of dashams but here it's more complete Shri, that dasham should be understood to indicate the perpetual relationship of loving service and exalted variety of transcendental rasa dasha is complete service It involves all the senses on the physical level That's the meaning of Dasha. Body, mind and senses. Just as all the senses of the physical body are purified by a bath, they are all naturally engaged by a devotee's absorption in Dasha, Rasa. Therefore, a relationship of servitude like Hanuman's can be said to be superior to mere remembrance of the Lord. Prahlad considered his own service of smaranam, he's exemplary remembering, inferior because it is only an interior activity of the mind. And then a verse is quoted here that uh, Prahlad quotes from scripture. Uh, the English is, Although Hanuman obtained from the son of Dazarath the boon of liberation without striving for it, He never wanted to accept liberation without the opportunity to serve. To that Hanuman I offered my abase. Offered liberation but not be the servant? Didn't want it. Only uh, servitorship. So then, uh, then Prahlad says to him, you certainly know the glories of his that I haven't mentioned. Why not go to Kim Purusha Varsha, see him for yourself and be enlivened. So at that point Narada jumped up from his seat, flew to the sky to Kim Purusha Varsha while saying uh, to himself, ho uh, oh, Bhadram, Badram! <laughs> how wonderful, how wonderful, how auspicious. Huh? There in Kim Purusha Varsha, Narada saw, saw Hanuman, absorbed in worshipping Lord Ramachandra's lotus feet with various items from the forest, as if serving the Lord personally as before and uh, Sanatana Goswami says Hanuman's mode of worship was so personal he could hardly remember he was standing in front of his Lord's installed deity so if the Lord if there's enough feeling you will not see a statue you will see, see Ram, Lakshman you will see Radhan Madana Mohan the illusion that there's a statue or a painting goes away. That illusion is removed and you see the Lord directly. Because Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. Krishna and Krishna's statue are the same. Krishna and Krishna's picture are the same. You just have to see them. You can't see it, then you say, oh, you have seen Krishna. It's just maybe you haven't recognized for it. Because there can be you know, cognition without recognition. Or knowledge without acknowledgment. So you can see but don't know what you see. Sometimes it's like that. Listening to the nectarian Ramayana recited by the Gandharvas. You remember to mention in the Bhagavatam the Gandharvas were singing? Well, that's what they are singing according to this. They are singing
1: Ramayana.
0: Listening to the Nectarian Ramayana, recited by the Gandharvas and other celestial singers, Hanuman was in ecstasy. His limbs trembled, tears poured from his eyes and the hair on his body stood on end. So this is how they experienced it. He glorified the Lord with various prayers in prose and in verse as we see from the Bhagavatam. Such most excellent compositions of his own. He also recited prayers composed by others and he repeatedly offered prostrate obeisances. Narada cried out in joy, Jaya Sri Raganatha He, Jaya Sri Janaki Kanta, Jaya Sri Lakshmana Agraja. O oh, glories to you, Lord Raganath. She glories to the beloved of Sri Janaki, or glories to the elder brother of Sri Lakshman. Delighted to hear the glorify, delighted to hear glorified the names of the Lord, he worshipped. Excuse me, delighted to hear glorified the names of the Lord, he worshipped. Hanuman jumped up from where he stood and caught hold of Narda by the neck. <laughs> Standing in the sky, because Narada, you know, he flies, you see, not rooted to the earth by gravity. Standing in the sky, Narada was overjoyed. With his feet, he danced. With his hands, he wiped away the flood of loving tears from the eyes of the lord of the monkeys. Sharing Hanuman's unique mood of loving ecstasy, Narada spoke in a loud voice. Narada said... O blessed one, truly you are the dearest devotee of the Supreme Lord. Today, by seeing you, I too have become dear to the Lord. This is one devotee to another. In the blink of an eye, Hanuman became sober and bowed down to show his respect to the sage among the demigods. Hanuman greeted him with reverence and brought him to the temple of Lord Ramchandra the hero of the Ragus, so that Narada could offer obeisance. Narada paid respect to the Lord in Hanuman's temple, and Hanuman carefully arranged for Narada to be seated. Narada felt he had now obtained an amazing treasure born from pure love for the Lord. He picked up his vina and spoke. Narada said, Yes, you are the greatest recipient of the mercy of the Supreme Lord, no one can compare to you. Ah, you are always immersed in an ocean of ecstatic worship of the Lord, enjoying it as newer and newer at every moment. You are the Lord's servant, his friend, his carrier, his seat, his flag, his umbrella, his canopy, his fan, in the sense of a fan, that kind of fan. You are his bard, his advisor. His doctor, his general, his best helper, and the expander of his infinite glories. So this way, here Narda summarizes Prahlad's description of Hanuman's glories. As the Lord friend, he enjoyed the Lord's confidence and affection. Uh, he had a special relationship, because then therefore he was dispatched to Lanka. To deliver a message with a ring, the Lord's ring that uh, Hanuman, uh, uh, Ramachandra gave him. It says, He was so tall that everyone can see him from a great distance, so that he's the flag. <laughs> Seeing Hanuman first from afar, one could know that Lord Ramachandra was present. And when Hanuman served as the Lord's vehicle, his mighty tail waved behind like a flag. The same tail also served as a royal umbrella a sunscreen canopy, and a fan. In the, lord of the lord's, in the role of the Lord's bard, Hanuman sang the Lord's glories for his pleasure. Sometimes Hanuman carried out medical services also, treating the Lord's battlefield, battlefield wounds. Thus Hanuman was the most adept of all Lord Rama's monkey assistants. Though he uh, goes on, we're going to run out of time, but so... He glorifies the Hanuman for some more and then it says that uh, Parikshit says, because Pariksit's narrating this to his mother Hanuman was now burning in a fire of separation from his master the supreme lord and the fuel of hearing about the special mercy of the lord's lotus feet had brought that fire to a blaze for a while he cried sorrowfully and then calmed by the sage he spoke Sri Hanuman said, O best of sages, why are you doing this to such a wretch? Devoid of the lotus feet of Sri Ramchandra? why do you make me cry by reminding me of how the Lord has neglected me? So this is then the mood of a devotee and humility. If I am really the Lord's servant, then why did he forcibly abandon me when he took me with him to his spiritual kingdom? His dear devotees, including Sugriva and the other residents of Koshala, you are very kind to me because I have had the good fortune to engage in his service. You conclude the Lord has given me his favor. And so now, he says, So, because he's a devotee, he's just humble. There's a natural mood of a devotee. Just humility. The material world, you become greater by becoming more and more puffed up. And the spiritual progress, you become greater by becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. So this is how Hanuman thinks of himself. And so then he begins to Narada how actually, uh, really, now, the Lord has descended to uh, Matara. Actually, he's talking about Dwarka, And now he's talking about how the, how the Pandavas have the mercy of the Lord more than him. Whoever I, you may think I'm a great devotee, but some other devotee is greater than me. Everyone thinks like this. I'm not a devotee, these people are, so then he begins to describe the Lord and his relationship with the Pandavas in Dwarka, and how wonderful that is and so uh, says, so then sonard I guess, oh, let's go visit them, let's go see them and And, and so uh, you've, since you've described this to me now, I want to go go." Uh, go see the Pandavas and Arjuna and all of those things. Uh, so let's go there at once, and then Hanuman says, "Yeah, you know, but but uh, it's only nice to go there. It would be great. I'm just summarizing a lot." And he says how wonderful it is and how how. Close uh, the devotees and the Lord on that form of, uh, of uh, uh, Sri Krishna and uh, uh, Matara. And then he says, Hanuman says, even so, I simply feel more attracted to the Supreme Lord in his eternal identity as Sri Raghunath, the son of Dasarath, and joy of Mother Koshalya. His heart is always tender with natural, unaffected compassion. He is spontaneously attracted to loving exchanges with his devotees, exchanges free from any tinge of duplicity. He demonstrates how to follow properly the religious duties of a civilized people, and he upholds the strict vow of having only one wife. In the shyness of innate humility, his face always looks downward, his eyes fixed on the ground. His exalted character is pleasing to all. He stands with bow in hand, the king of kings, the hero of the city of Ayodhya, served by Sita and Lakshman, with Bharata as his older brother. He rules the race of the of monkeys as the dear friend of Sugriva and gives sheltered to Vibhishana. By my hearing of the pastimes of Krishna, the unlimited loving attraction I feel toward my own master has increased. So this is a devotee, may worship one particular, uh, attracted in a relationship with one particular feature of Krishna. For him, that's the best. He can appreciate all the others, but when it comes down to it, this is, this is the form of the Lord whom he loves. This way, so he says, Therefore, I think I shall stay here, constantly seeing him in this form, and drink the immortal nectar of his pastimes. And the commentary says in essence Hanuman says he is not independent. He cannot go anywhere or do anything on his own whim. Even though he knows that Lord Ramchandra is an expansion of Sri Devaki Nandana he must continue to worship Lord Ramachandra. So this is uh, is uh, he says I must be, and then he says, the Lord may call me at any time to do some service, Lord Ramachandran. I must be ready to present myself before him without delay, wherever he might call. But now you please go visit the Pandavas at their home and see the supreme absolute truth in his appearance as a human, human being. Uh, so then, in this way, he uh, also glorifies uh, the Pandavas uh, a- after, after that. So this is the, the, the mood of, uh, uh, of uh, the great devotee uh, Hanuman and his attachment to, uh, to uh, uh, Lord Ramachandra. Uh, so this we hear, this is the, you know, if you don't have this book, I really very highly recommend it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really great. Three volumes like this, huh? a lot of nectar. So that is, that is uh, what we read now about uh, how Hanuman is, uh, worships Lord uh, Ramachandra uh, in, in Kimpamusha Varsha and then how he was visited uh, uh, in this way by Narada Muni and uh, we, uh, from, from Sanatana Goswami's telling because Sanatana Goswami, it's not fiction. He sees these things uh, and we can we understand now uh, the feelings uh, tells us very clearly the, the feelings that, that Hanuman has for Lord Ramachandra and by getting uh, especially at this time coming up on Ram Nomi, we get the blessings of Hanuman so we also can appreciate Lord Ramachandra through the eyes of this exemplary devotee. Okay, thank you very much. I We have a few minutes, maybe, if anybody has any questions or comments about anything I've read or said. Prabhupada once said, Silence means you agree. <laughs> Silence is consent, he said. Yeah. yeah. Can you uh, amplify this? question. Okay. Hare yeah. Yeah. Krishna, thank you very much for it. such a nice class. Yeah. You said this, Sri Bhagavatamriti is a story like one devotee is glorifying the other devotee. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, who is the best? <laughs> you have, of to the oh. you'll, you'll have to read it. You'll have to read it and see. <laughs> It'll get up there. Huh? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah that's a great book. Huh? Yeah. You yes, want to We sp- want to spoil the ending for you. Question in the back. In the back, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like Hanuman is, is very powerful and very merciful, able to give one great facility in the devotional <laughs> life. How? Can we gain his assistance how do you gain his mercy? Well, yeah if I'm understanding right that the, the, his encounter with Naamudi just by associating with Hanuman and getting his mercy which you so much brings you so much closer to the Lord directly mm-hmm. so then how do we get Hanuman's? Assistance? well by 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 worshiping the Lord uh, you get get his mercy too. basically you have to ask him, and then follow in his footsteps as as, as a servant. He's an exemplary devotee. Uh, and although he's a forest animal, <laughs> he shows us that, you know, I mean, he's really outside of Vedic culture, you might say, <laughs> in a certain way. Uh, so he uh, uh, shows how it's possible for anyone to become a great devotee of the Lord. And, uh, and so by... Uh, uh, And, of course, you can see, of course, here you... I didn't read all of it, how much... Although he's so much attached to the Lord as Ramachandra, and he can appreciate his Lord's form and his other pastimes, still he goes back to the one that he loves the most. Uh, uh, So, uh, in in this way, this way by... by, uh, And so we, you know, we have a special time. Especially here, you know, you you have... uh, you have uh, not every Yezhcon temple. Uh, seems to be, we have these deities in yeah, near near London, a nation's capital here in, near D.C. So you know, this represents uh, especially embodies good government, huh? <laughs> a much needed uh, force everywhere. <laughs> can be there also in New Delhi yeah up right there what else so you mentioned how uh, different devotees have different moods and how just by hearing how other devotees worship their deity, nicely they love for their own deity. Mm-hmm. increases. so I was thinking in terms of different religions how um, I see so many people who are just nice and pious and they're simple-hearted and they have be devoted towards a particular prophet like that so how, what is their destination how does it work and do these prophets do, do these incarnations who have appeared in different time places, circumstances do they have their own planets and how does it work? yeah the, the diff, different uh, uh, avatars of the Lord yeah they, and, and they have their own planets in different places and you can go there uh, wherever it, it may be uh, one one should serve some form of the Lord and make spiritual advancement that way. Uh, uh, Prabhupada was very bright-minded about this um, uh, so uh, yeah uh, um, and it didn't even say you had to be i, I one god sister of mine told 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 Propod asked about about uh, uh, her grandfather who was a rabbi a, a, a Jewish uh, priest and that he followed all the commandments of Torah very exactly very carefully uh, every, every, there are 600 and some commandments and he followed them all what was his destination and she said well if he followed them then at least he went to the heavenly planets uh, so uh, it, it's it's very 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 broad uh, what you what uh, what you can do and the heavenly planets well you can go you can make further advancement or come back down but at least you get purified I mean just by following rules and regulations of the karma kanda section of the Vedas you can all also do that uh, so this is uh, this is. Uh, uh, the mercy of the Lord that he has appeared in so many places in so many forms for so many people that answer your question? is that okay? I don't know once someone had asked does Lord Jesus Christ have a plan in my <laughs> Um. Uh, well he has uh, his followers they, they, somewhere yeah yeah. yeah. Well, there, maybe, the, like, well, there's different places, you know. There's not only, you can go to the heavenly planets, but there, the traveler, you might come back down again. Uh, but you can go to Mahaloka, Tapaloka, Janaloka, and make uh, previous advancement. And so, one of those planets, Prabhupada calls the planet of the messiahs. Uh, with the suggestion especially the name Messiah is there for Jesus that they they go there and then you can make then those those planets you don't come back down but you make further advancement and then at the end you stay there and then at the Mahaloka Tapaloka Janaloka Brahma Loka you you go up at the end of the universe you're liberated along with the liberation of Lord Brahma So a very nice My question is, uh, uh, you gave the example of mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, of course, uh, Hanuman, and there are many examples of such devotees, basically, ultimately, who are separated from uh, from the Lord, and they were most of them is suffering from that uh, separation. Separation, yeah. So from that perspective, uh, so how do I understand uh, that aspect, basically, separation? Because ultimately, if uh, the exalted devotees, like, <laughs> Pranaparaj and Tramparaj and like uh, them uh, are suffering from separation even Dr. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Yeah, but that, su- that suffering is a form, it looks out, outwardly like suffering but it's intense ecstasy Prabhupada mentions about the six Goswamis the, uh, in the song of the six Goswami there's there's wandering through the woods in Vrindavan Uh, Always looking for Krishna, and Prabhupada said, and they never found him. But they were they were associate. It was called associating with Krishna in strong feelings of separation, in a sense because it's more pure, because uh, uh, you you uh, are not looking for anything for yourself. You just just is is, is, so it's intensity. So this uh, this separation. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the interesting thing about separation is, is, is that there's one kind of separation you can be you can be with Krishna and still feel separation uh, there's, there, there's a story that, that Radha and Krishna are together and, uh, and uh, uh, sitting together in Vrindavan and uh, uh, Krishna's there, and some of his friends are there, Madhav Mangal. And, and, and so, while they're together, Radha and Krishna are together, uh, there's a bee uh, buzzing around and uh, kind of disturbing Radharani, you know? And so the, the, the devotee, um, Madhav Mangal, kind of knocks the bee away and says, Madhav Sudhana is gone. Uh, meaning the bee, the, the one who takes up honey is, is gone, Who eats honey in Madhusudana. But it's also a name of Krishna. And so even though Krishna is next to her, when he said that, she thought he was saying that Krishna was gone. And suddenly, although Krishna was next to her, she began thinking that, 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 that uh, uh, Krishna was, was, was not there. And so she began to cry. With the sense of Krishna is gone, and she was the tears were flooded, even though he's right next to her. And then, when Krishna seeing that that Radha was crying like that, he was thinking also began to think that that he was not with her, and imagining what that would be like. And so he began to also crying. Uh, uh, so their tears made a lake and a pond in Vrindavan, actually. That they, that's the story they tell you there. So you, even though they're together, they're feeling separation. So all those are different forms of ecstasy. Because in separation, the feeling of, you know, you can love somebody, but if you really miss them, that love is increased. But there's, there's pain. But this is, a, this is not suffering. This is ecstasy. And it's increasing love. Uh, like that so, that's how it happens I think we've gone over time now okay thank you very much prabhupada you